Uh, Diane says, hi, Shay, can we not bill the millions of dollars to OceanGate to recover all of the costs? I don't know, but those are the questions we're going to get into because, you know, the tragic end of this massive rescue operation clears the way now for that, for the analysis about what do we do? What do we do if we're faced with a similar situation? And we will be uh, in the future. Like I say, multiple countries were responding here. You had ships, uh, you had subs, you had planes, you had helicopters, you had personnel, everybody on board, right? All hands on deck. All of it spent in vain, unfortunately, to rescue some very, very rich people who signed away their lives on a mission. They knew what they were doing. They signed the waivers, and they were extensive. Um, a lot of people refused to get on the sub because of the risk that they were seeing there. And, you know, and they said, they, some of them got right to the boat and said, no, sorry, I, I can't do it. I can't get on. So it becomes an ethical question. It's not an easy one to answer to. Should we rescue adventure tourists? I think we should, who take incredible risks. I don't think we as human beings can turn a blind eye to that, but we can certainly do some work around that risk and try and come up with a, some way to at least protect ourselves and these kinds of people at the same time. So let's get into that. We're going to chat with Ali Asghari, who is a professor of disaster and emergency management at York University. Ali, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Uh, hi, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's a really interesting, it, it is almost philosophical at the core, but let's just start with the rescue effort that we just witnessed. Huge, right? Millions of dollars likely were spent. Uh, it is hard to estimate it now, but based on the similar past operations in, in the ocean, in the uh, situations like this, although it is also a unique in many, many other perspectives, but uh, overall it is uh, around millions of dollars, yes, of course. Uh, but we need to really wait to see uh, how much the total was overall when uh, everybody counts in uh, the numbers. Yeah, like I don't know if we'll ever actually get. Hey, it costs this many millions of dollars, but we'll get we'll get some idea. And we know it's a huge, huge cost. So, I, I guess the question, Ali, is how do we do? What do we? What should we do? Um, because I mean, we we rescue people who get into trouble. That's why we have a coast guard, for goodness' sake. But in an instant like this, where you have the known risk that's identified, do we need to change the way we assess risk around this kind of activity? Uh, absolutely, and as as you mentioned rightly, uh, when incidents happen, this is this is way after the risk assessment uh, process. When uh, there is an incident, definitely there has to be a response to it. Uh, these are uh, people we need to save lives, etc. So that is that is no question about that. However, our question and our, our talk and basically analysis is about things that we can do before. Um, that is risk assessment, basically. Yes, unfortunately, uh, in, in many similar cases, uh, the, the, the trouble is that risk assessment is either immature or incomplete or it is based on wrong assumptions or wrong data or insufficient data, basically. For this particular case, uh, I, I would say uh, that risk assessment could, because when we do talk about risk assessment, very, very simply, we talk about the probability of something happening like this. And on the other hand, how much would be or how, uh, what would be the overall consequences, whether in terms of human loss or property loss. In, in these cases, it is difficult to do a, a good risk assessment because these uh, activities operations are very rare, not tested, not experimented a lot, so that you have really good data about 
what is the probability of an incident happening. It could be really high as we uh, know, counting even the number of similar cases in the past, you can guess that this probability high. On the other hand, you can see that the, the consequences also, uh, if measured by, you know, private sector perspective, it is something. But unfortunately, that private sector or uh, initial assessment of this kind of risk does not include uh, the whole cost of, you know, response uh, operations that we are talking about. So in the absence of that element, usually we, we face a, a challenge whether uh, whether this risk assessment was appropriate or not. And I can go through some examples that maybe elaborate on that, but I, I wait for your uh, additional question. And what it does, Ali, is because uh, you're talking about the risk assessment. We do the risk assessment, but it's all focused on the participants, right? When we're we're sitting down and calculating the risk, it's all about to their lives, of course, and then that was sort of the primary focus. But we don't really include into that risk assessment the other side of it, which is just as substantial in some ways. It's not human life. It can be, you know, if a rescuer gets into trouble, but we don't we don't weigh the risk that comes to the rest of us to have to jump in if something goes wrong. We need to include that, right? Absolutely. You know, this is there, there are several levels of this uh, assessment uh, or risk attention. Is first is individual level uh, that every person taking an action or uh, involved in operation, they do a risk assessment yeah, sure. of that for themselves. This is unfortunately uh, sometimes not not a rational uh, decision. Sometimes people, when making decision about uh, in risky situation, uncertain situation, they fall in traps. So that's one. And then also organizational, in this case, for example, company assessment of risk. All they look at it is basically yes on what would be the cost of uh, failure, what would be the cost of adding additional. Uh, for example, safety measure to that. So they try to minimize the, the, the cost of their operation and at the same time while trying to cover some of the basic, uh, you know, consequences. However, unfortunately, as we, we talked, they, they, they don't calculate or bring in, especially in, in these cases, the, the amount of cost required to 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 take for example to do the emergency response operation if it was usually if you're talking about an incident at the city level but that involves for for example a fire in a family of five this is not a major emergency at all because the cities the communities have already prepared you know uh, enough to uh, enough rescue uh, mechanism to help and uh, and support that is not going to be a big emergency. But in this case, unfortunately, this although the numbers were the same, you know, uh, as a very small emergency, but because of the the actual operational response cost, it is becoming a major uh, consideration and and uh, an operation basically that that brings in these kind of discussions. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a fascinating discussion, and I'm sure it'll be happening at some pretty high levels as we try and come up with something because uh, we know there will be more rescues like this. Ali, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it very much.